Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Playoff basketball is in front of us. God, there were so many great things to talk about in last night's uh, second game of the doubleheader. Right? Lakers beat the Wolves 108-102 in overtime. LeBron had 38 rebounds and six assists. Uh, there's a lot. He had 10 rebounds, six assists. Um, God, there's a lot to talk about. What if I told you that LeBron didn't play particularly well, especially when it mattered most? You're like, well, he made the pass to Dennis Schroeder. I thought what was funny was Dennis Schroeder hits a, a three, and it was a clutch three, right? Game is tied after... Uh, I don't know what 
the Timberwolves were doing offensively. Granted, Timberwolves without three of their top eight players. Uh, Nas Reed out because of a wrist injury. Uh, Jaden McDaniels out because he punched a wall, picking up his second foul. <clears throat> and Rudy Gobert out because he punched a teammate on the sideline of one of their games. So, but I don't know what the Wolves were doing. Anybody want to tell me what happened to uh, to the Ant-Man? God, he went in the tank last night. Young player, looked like a young player, not ready for the playoffs. But I also think it's it's hilarious, the ice in the veins celebration that Dennis Schroeder had, and then LeBron backed it up, right? That was kind of cool, simultaneous. And, and when there's 1.7 seconds left, you're like, oh, that game is over, only to throw the ball into Mike Conley, who Anthony Davis stupidly fouls, shooting a corner three, and he fouls him like boxing out. I, I don't know if you guys understand how time and score works, but there's 1.7 seconds left to go, and a guy shoots a corner three and you're running at him, you don't have to box him out. He can't get a rebound after shooting the basketball with one second to go, be behind the three-point line, and shoot it again and make it. Like, you just run by without getting anywhere near him. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Mike Conley making three free throws to force the game to overtime. That's more ice water in your veins than shooting a wide-open three in a tie game, isn't it? But the 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 part that we're going to miss, because there are, we, we're just, we're in this space as sports fans where political TV has crept into sports television. Now, look, you got to got the generalism of what the TNT guys do. Like you go back and Barkley and Shaq and Kenny and Ernie, they're so good and so entertaining. You know, before the game, Barkley's got them winning and got him a chance to win a championship. Halftime of a game, Barkley's like, I don't know, the Lakers aren't doing anything. They're not going anywhere for anything. And then by the end of the game, it's they found a way to win and what's your level of buy-in and who do you blame? But I thought it was, it's hysterical. But there isn't any real talk of, guys, LeBron was bad down the stretch. And you're like, wait a second, you just said he had the big pass for the assist. He hit a big three. Well, he did. But he also had a couple of the worst turnovers I've ever seen a star player had. He had an Isaiah Thomas, who, by the way, Isaiah Thomas continues to show his ass on TV and radio. Did you guys see that deal earlier today? Yeah, he was on a sports morning radio show that's broadcast on TV. And because the picture used as his avatar was a... Fairly serious looking one where he had a suit and a tie on back probably from his days as a coach of the New York Knicks. He hung, he told them to take the photo down, then hung up on him only to have them call back and change the picture. I, dude, I can't wait to tell more Isaiah Thomas stories as he continues to show his backside to everyone on a daily basis. But Isaiah Thomas up until last night, and maybe still, has the worst inbounds pl- pass in the history of the NBA, right? They were going to beat the Celtics in Boston Garden, and he takes the ball inbounds and quick triggers it and throws it in. Only have Bird steals the ball. Bird passes to DJ. DJ lands it in. Right? That really happened. Last night, LeBron doesn't meet the ball in regulation, and it should have been uh, two fouls. The Lakers had a—excuse me, the, the Wolves had a breakaway layup. And then 
in overtime, he takes the ball in mounds and turns it over yet again, only to have the, the Wolves miss an open three in the corner. Which, by the way, was, uh, what, Torian Prince, who both didn't get the layup up on the, on the first deal when LeBron didn't meet the basketball and then missed the corner three when LeBron turned the basketball over. But the guy who doesn't know basketball sits there and goes, oh, LeBron was awesome. Yeah, um, here's the thing. They were getting blown out, and they came back in the third quarter and early fourth quarter with LeBron out of the game. He was a minus 14 for the game. Minus 14. Anthony Davis, a plus nine. Austin Reeves wasn't great. He was a zero. Um, D'Angelo Russell didn't hardly play down the stretch. He was awful, but only a minus two. Dennis Schroeder was a plus 22. Rui Hachimura was a plus 20. And uh, Troy Brown Jr. was a plus 10. In other words, the Lakers were 10 points worse. Excuse me, 14 points worse than the Timberwolves when LeBron James was on the floor. And he was on the floor for the entire overtime where they outscored um, the Wolves by six points. Now, this isn't a defining moment of his career. I want to make sure that's important. Like, LeBron not being great last night and frankly hurting the Lakers as much or more than he helped the Lakers does not take away anything from previously in his career. But don't get it twisted. Like, LeBron James, not close to the same dude. Not close. Remember, they got back into playoff contention with LeBron James injured. The problem, though, is we look at the 30 points and one made three in the fourth quarter and the kick out and you're like, oh, LeBron was awesome. No, he wasn't. And the Timberwolves were down three of their top seven. Three of their top seven. With a little help from the guys in the stripes, gave away a gigantic 15-point lead and couldn't do anything down the stretch and the Lakers find a way to win a game in overtime. That's the reality of what happened. Um, so we got a lot to get to there. This was LeBron and Anthony Davis. They had this to say in their post-game interview about Anthony Davis's foul on Mike Conley Jr. I've been playing a game like that since, uh, since I was a kid. I drew the defense, trust your teammates, and, uh, and he knocked it down. It's unfortunate that AD had a brain fart and messed his game winner up. He hears you. Uh, I messed his game winner up. I apologize. I definitely apologize. Yeah, I mean, look, what happened was they, they LeBron didn't switch, and then they were supposed to switch, and yes, Anthony Davis was late and, foul, and fouled him. Here's uh, LeBron talking about the upcoming matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies. Really good team. Very well coached. Very well balanced. Obviously, they had a snake is John Morant. Um, but another all-star in Jaron Jackson, who was up there, one of the defensive player of the year, has ability to block shots. But offensively, he's you know very dynamic as well. Tyus Jones, uh, the point guard off the bench, has led the league in an assist-to-turnover ratio like the last six years. Um, so he compliments them very well. Desmond Bain, I think in his third year, um, second or third year, but he plays like a like a veteran. You know, his ability to shoot the ball from the three-point line is also his ability to you know attack an early transition. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks, you know, you can't disrespect him because he makes shots. And Xavier Tillman has been playing good basketball. Obviously, he's been well coached all the way from college days, you know, with Coach Izzo, um, you know, to now, um, and, and so on and so on. I mean, you know, they got Luke Kennard, who broke my scoring record. 
uh, in high school. He passed me in high school, um, and there's a reason why because he has he's a he's a laser from the three point line. His ability to shoot the ball, um, you know, is, is uncanny. And um, and they got so many other guys also off the bench that um, you just you can't you can't disrespect because they will they will make you pay. Um, obviously, I haven't thought about Memphis one one minute. <laughs> But no, it is. I mean, like, look, the the entire Sky Report's impressive. Here's Dylan Brooks yesterday. I don't really dislike nobody. You know, I just bring a competitive edge. Um, But I wouldn't mind playing LeBron uh, in a seven-game series. The legacy's there. First time back in the playoffs. Knock them out right away in the first round. Then it'll test us good, you know. They got good pieces, good players, and and it'll be a good first-round matchup for us. I, I thought LeBron, and, and the reason LeBron didn't play well down the stretch is not because he's a bad basketball player. It, it's because he's 39 years old, right? Like, dude, he was exhausted. And while you're trying to cover for it with load management, these games are played at such a, a much higher level than the regular season. And, and in all honesty, what you really wanted if you're the Grizzlies was for them to lose and then have to play another game and be tired. But they were already exhausted. Like, that was a tired basketball team. LeBron James doesn't just turn the ball over. He doesn't just have – the guys don't just have brain farts like that at that level that often unless they're completely exhausted. <clears throat> and are they exhausted because they don't have a bench? A little bit. But they're really exhausted because, I mean, LeBron's older. And they were better without him on the floor. And he did come through in two big situations, but in other big situations, he screwed up. If you thought that was an MVP caliber performance because you looked down at the stats, you missed the game. In many ways, the Lakers were better without LeBron James on the floor. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This April, boost your own game with Chalk, the reigning champion natural men's health. Max out your testosterone, energy, and focus with Chalk's male vitality stack. Visit choq.com, code duck, 35% off any subscription for life. Middle call will join us in a moment, right? You know, I, I have a I have a hypothesis that uh, I want to get deeper into, um, deeper into when we get into the pod. Uh, just for people who don't know, our third hour is now podcast only. You can download it. Uh, it's available. Uh, it's we we do it live right after the show. So the was it uh, five to six hour East Coast time, two to three hour West Coast time. We call it in the bonus. Now I'll get further into it. But um, weird thing happening, and I don't know how many mainstream fans know, right? Um, Baseball's kind of changed dramatically. Not kind of. It has changed dramatically. Time of game is down 30 minutes per game, and... um, Scoring is way up, way up. Base stealing, way up. So I guess here's the question. And right, remember, the rules changes are that there's a pitching timer. You can't have shifts. Uh, Infielders can't stand on the grass in the outfield. And there's larger bases, which allows for it's it's easier to, to steal bases. Right. And I saw this story in uh, Yahoo Sports. On average so far, games are uh, two minutes and 37, excuse me, two hours and 37 minutes. That's way down from last year, averaging over three hours per game. Through 11 days of the season, there have been 240 attempted stolen bases and 190 of them 195 of them were successful. At the same point in time last season, 179 stolen base attempts. So, not quite double, but almost there. The young athletic Arizona Diamondbacks have 17 stolen bases already. The Dodgers only have two. So, I want you to think about this, and you're like, well, this is all kind of anecdotal. 
because we're only 11 or 12 now days into the season. That's fair. Okay, it's a small sample size, even if we have the large sample size of, yes, it's 11 days, but there's also, what, uh, 30 teams. So you have 15 games a day in these teams. It's There's a better sample size, even though only through 11 games. It's not like you're following one team through 11 games. You're following 30 teams. But imagine being the guy who's sitting there going, oh, we're not built for this. Right? Because previously you could hide. It's not just running on the base pass. It's running when you're a fielder. It's getting to first base because now ground balls have a greater chance of being a seeing eye ground ball. And how you field, you got to have more range. You used to be able to hide more guys. Everything is changing. Everything. How you use pitchers, what types of hitters. I would think, I mean, Bayer, is this a crazy statement? I almost think you have to go back and think about reworking how you evaluate baseball players in your farm system because their value is going to change dramatically with the new rules. I I think that we have to at least wait a little bit. I mean, we're not even two weeks into the season. Um, there are trends that I find that are interesting um, I think that the playing field outside of the Tampa Bay Rays seemingly is leveled. Maybe it's just the teams that are going to be bad are playing well out of the gate. But it seems to be uh, a lot of average around Major League Baseball. But with anything, pitch clock, bigger bases, banning of the shift. I, I want to see how things go in May and June before I make any judgment, let alone being like, all right, this is how we have to change how we reevaluate players. Traditionally, what happens in May and June? I, I understand what you're saying, just big, greater sample size. But does is scoring go up or go down when we get to May and June? Um, gosh, I would think it would go up. So if it traditionally goes up, what if it traditionally continues to go up even beyond that, right? Um, like what? Like what results, I think, would make you believe that this is – more than just a blip, it's a complete trend. And well, that's just been a week and a half. Yeah, okay, you know? that's fair. But it's 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 at least like interesting, right? I mean, I look at, I mean, look at the teams that are struggling out of the gate, and some of them, and like, look, the Yankees are going to be interesting because uh, if what's what's the flaw to the Yankees roster? You think, Dan? I don't know the Yankees well enough. I, mean, I don't so, know either. Yeah. I actually was asking for help to kind of cover that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think yeah. their defense has yeah. been flawed in recent years, yes. and I think that their situational hitting has. They've right, they're they're they're, 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 a, they're an all or nothing team, right? They they come up Bronx Bombers traditionally, correct? Yeah, I, I, I'm also going to make an admission: the Masters was just this weekend. I was four days locked in the golf, not seeing one single pitch of what happened in Major League Baseball. Well, I I think that's so. that's a great point, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get to is. There's a lot of people like, I haven't really paid attention to any of it yet. Like, you know, it's baseball, it's 162 games, I can ke- play catch-up. And I think when people play catch-up, they're like, wait, what the heck is going on with these teams? The game, it just, it's going to look and feel very, very different. And we're planting seeds as to as to why. And somebody will, like, look, the sport changed dramatically in the NBA, and it wasn't until the, the Golden State Warriors, other teams had played small but their ability to embrace the three-point line, to use Steph Curry both on and off the basketball, how they changed the death lineup, using no big guy in the fourth quarter, like all these things. 
when they when they won a championship in the next year, won 73 regular season games, they were ahead, and then everybody else is kind of slowly caught up. I, there's going to be somebody who's out ahead of this thing. It may not be this year. It may be next year. And I'll be interested to see how people catch up and how they change their farm system and evaluations based upon the fact that, you know, now you, if you're a second baseman, you, you got to have range. You know, shortstop, you got to get back to having range. Like shortstop used to be the best athlete on the field. And now you're like, yeah, as long as they hit, as long as the guy hits, like now you got to play defense. Otherwise you're out there forever. I would argue in just glancing at what we have in the standings, and I haven't been completely blind to baseball. I am in like three survivor pools. But the Rays, uh, we know that the Rays are are pretty good. Uh, Jays and Yankees atop the division. Baltimore's around 500. I think that's status quo outside of the unique start by the Rays. Twins were going to be good. They were going to be good. Royals and Tigers were going to be bad. That's what's in the AL Central. Uh, the Astros maybe being 5-7 and seven with Texas at 7-4, and four, but you wonder if, all right, Texas is addition of Jacob deGrom, uh, Corey Seager last year, the additions that they made, you know, uh, Marcus Simeon, those guys. Maybe now it's coming through, but Houston's only whatever. Atlanta's atop the NL East. Brewers have good pitching when everybody's healthy. They're atop the NL Central. And the Dodgers aren't atop the NL West. Um, so I would just say maybe like the two West divisions maybe haven't gone how we thought they would go so far. A's are awful. We knew that. Um, Cardinals are, you know, only four wins. But in terms of an overall of like what it started, I don't know how different it was maybe, you know, from when we started the season for who these teams are. It's going to be fascinating. I I wonder if somebody is going, like, if teams are going to, who's going to pull a Netflix, right? Where you go from being, you know, mail delivery blockbuster beater to a streaming service creating your own content. And at one point in time, and I don't know if they're, they're more valuable than all of Disney. That was crazy. But it's because they were ahead of it, right? Who's going to get out ahead of this thing? And when do you, when do we have enough data to support changing how you view a prospect based upon, I think, the value, the value of athleticism. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, boat, RV, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save Progressive.com. Let's get you to John Middlecoff. He joins us. Three announced the podcast. He's the host. He also has his uh, Going Low podcast, Talking Golf. Um, uh, we, we talked about this Monday uh, when when uh, my show, we all uh, guest hosted for Dan Patrick. But what if if Phil hadn't been with Live Golf, wouldn't it have been a completely different Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it, for us on television, it felt pretty cool down the you know the the back nine. But from every all the reports there, you know, I, I would say it was a tempered enthusiasm at best. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's listen. I you take two hundred million dollars. I, I it's hard for me to blame you. Uh, now you could argue he was already worth seven, eight hundred million dollars, but who knows? Maybe he had some gambling issues. But this was a guy that was just destined to be, you know, kind of the—he's closer to Arnold Palmer, right? If, if Tiger's the Jack of just the spokesman, always around. You know, I, I, I think his undoing as a human was—you know—obviously he thinks he knows a lot about business, and obviously he's had success. But a lot of that has to do because of his athletic prowess on a golf course. 
uh, is kind of going to be his undoing. Because the guy, I was looking yesterday, like his statistics, I mean, he's got like almost 50 top tens in majors. You know, I mean, this guy, he's never won the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, he's finished second six times. I mean, this, he, he's Peyton Manning, and Tiger just happens to be Tom Brady. But the difference is, like, look at Peyton Manning now. He's everywhere. He's always just kind of the life of the party. He's just he's an absolute cash cow. And Phil sold out, and now he kind of disappeared. And it, it just it's kind of sad because – um, you know, I was always a big fan, and so was a, so were a lot of people. I mean, remember remember those graphics in like the late 2000s and early 2010s when Tiger was making so much more than like Kobe, LeBron, Brady, Manning, and like number two was always Phil. You know, Tiger'd be at like 100, Phil would be at like 75, and those other guys would be at like 50 or 60. And yeah, it just it, the whole thing's just kind of sad. Uh, let's get to some football. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still. Um a member of the Green Bay Packers, and Adam Schefter today is like, there's been no movement, no talks recently. Now, again, my take is, look, it's all going to come to a head before the draft, and this is just posturing, right? Because they're obviously pretty close. But there is the, hey, who actually really has the upper hand in this thing? And the Packers, at some point in time, would have to pay out the $60 million bonus. Uh, Who has upper hand right now in in this uh, trade negotiation? Well, I think both sides think they do right now, right? And the deadline is, you know, I, I would say it's when the draft starts. People start getting nervous. Now, if the Jets are, or excuse me, the Packers are ultimately cool with not forcing the 13th overall pick, which it feels like that's going to be the case, they could actually wait Thursday of the draft, right, and go into Friday. And once you get to that pick 42 and 43, like ultimately you're going to want one of those picks, with whatever you're going to want the following year contingent on if he keeps playing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Packers, as it got closer and closer to those picks in the second round, the Jets would have to give in. But right now, nothing's going on. Aaron Rodgers doesn't participate in the offseason, which hasn't even started yet. So even if they report next week or whatever, he wouldn't be there. Uh, so time, I mean, we still got a couple weeks. But I bet both sides feel pretty good about where they're at. But eventually – I think Bakhtiari told uh, Luan and Compton something like, it's not crazy to think that this could get really ugly and Rodgers is on the roster next year and they eat the money, but he's not playing. Like, that seems a little extreme. But I would say, I think we all have to acknowledge, you know, it went from a couple years ago, Rodgers getting pissed at Gudikins, and I remember you and I talking like, what's he really that mad at? To then him kind of going, okay, we've mended some fences. To now it's like, you know, there's some – I think it's like the Packers are kind of like, screw you, man. Like, screw you. And uh, it feels like their anger is, is kind of paralleling where he was a couple years ago. And the difference is he kind of needs them to, to make this transaction because in our lifetime, before the money got outrageous, like back in the day, wasn't this like a classic like Steinbrenner, Al Davis? Like, yeah, we're not even going to trade you. You're just not even going to play. Now, the, the $60 million, is per, especially for a team that – you know, money does matter to them. They're not – this isn't Jerry Jones or Steve Ballmer or something. But I don't know, man. I, I, you start to think that the Jets are incentivized to get Aaron Rodgers on their team because they don't have a quarterback who can play. So that probably at the end of the day, maybe they just – maybe the Packers hope they can just get pick 42 and 43 come Friday of draft weekend. Um, you talked to lots of people in the league. What's the overall consensus on the quarterbacks and where they go? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that believe a lot of different things. I mean, I, I've talked to people that say they have Will Levis as their number one quarterback. Uh, I, I've talked to people that loved Bryce Young his entire like since they've really followed him in high school. And those same, you'll find other people that go that size really, really concerns them. Uh, everyone, I think, is in agreement with Anthony Richardson, right? It's just his take is pretty universal of like the talents there, the physical attributes. Then, depending on who you talk to, you know, you get the optimistic guy that go, "We got a good offensive coach," or if you have the right offensive coach, you take swings on those guys because when you get Josh Allen, it's worth it. And then you get the more jaded negative guy that goes, it's never worth that risk, especially drafting in the top five. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud, in a weird way, is kind of the under-talked-about guy of the three because the others are the most polarizing, right? Like Richardson is this raw product with the physical attributes. Bryce, the best player, but he's tiny. And Levis, as someone that told me, and I think I've told you that, you know, if Liam Cohen had stayed and been the offensive coordinator for back-to-back years at Kentucky, right. this guy might have been the number one overall pick. So it's just, I, it, Doug, it's really like most years, right, when there's not an Andrew Luck, a Trevor Lawrence, an Elway. Or, there's always debate on all the top guys. Now, I, I think the question is, we've seen in recent years, like, when there are a lot of questions, overdrafting and the quarterback inflation gets you in trouble. Right. I mean, the years when you could just find guys late in the 20s or even in the teens, like it was a healthier thing. Now it's like, are four of these guys going in the top five or six? That's usually where we get problems. A couple years ago, you know, Josh Allen went seven. Well, Baker Mayfield went one and Sam Darnold went three. So obviously Lamar didn't go to pick 32. And um, and I don't know. I mean, I I think the consensus definitely is this is not a good draft. So the, the high end, you know, like the the Nick Bosa's, the Jamar Chase's, the the Lane Johnson's, like the can't-miss, like blue-chip type guys, it doesn't really feel like that. The one guy that kind of fits that mold has, I mean, he was just got some serious off-the-field question marks. And then you start nitpicking the other group of, you know, Jordan Addison's, Will Anderson's. You know, some of the top players now at the NIL, uh, I think there's a Penn State tackle that went back. You know, some of these quarterbacks went back. Uh, like Penix and and uh, even the, I forget the Oregon court Bo Nix who was you I mean fantastic last year. Not saying that he would be in the mix, but hell, you just never know. So I think the NIL has changed the game. Also, one thing I've heard is that COVID year, you know how everyone in sports in college sports got that extra year. Well, the sweet guys either just took that year off, came out, whatever. Some of these guys are actually like six-year seniors. So it's like, is this guy actually, you know, a fourth, fifth round pick? But in this draft, he kind of is. So it's kind of all a trickle down effect where sure. you never know, right? Sometimes we think drafts suck, and then three years later, there's sweet players everywhere. But going into this draft, I, I don't think uh, many GMs have already been on the record of we don't view the pick, you know, pick 50 potentially that much different as pick 100. And that's never a great thing. Um Odell Beckham Jr., $15 million, could be up to $18 million one year with the Ravens. Um, this a week after they seemed at least on some level to admit, hey, if there's a quarterback in the first round that we like, it's on our board, we're going to take him. What, what, what is Baltimore doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about it when the transaction happened. If they could do it all over again, and listen, I, I thought – they made the right decision at the time, but sometimes the right decision at the time doesn't age well. 
they should have just extended Lamar Jackson when the other quarterbacks got extended after their third year, and, or I guess the one, Josh Allen, and having him for like $130, $140 million. At the time, those contracts were much more normal, and there weren't all the guaranteed money. And then they've gotten down in the situation they're at now where it's just so messy and it's so jumbled. And they're basically having to buy a situation like this, $15 million for a guy that has two ACLs in three years who hasn't been that productive is insanity. I mean, it it just is. But sometimes you have to do that when you have a major, major – you only do that when you have a major issue at quarterback. Remember a couple years ago, and actually this aged pretty well because when he was on the field, J.J. Watt was good. But Arizona, like people like J.J. Watt should go to the Packers, but they didn't have that much money. It's like, you know, we can offer you five or six million. He comes to the Cardinals for like $22 million. People are like, damn, they gave him a lot of money. And I thought it was nuts. But then the way they explained it, it's like, you know, we kind of need some leadership. <laughs> so the reason they needed him was because they had a hole at quarterback who does not provide leadership. So they had to kind of overpay for that, especially with Larry leaving. And in a weird way, that's what it feels like here. They're like buying a guy that Lamar likes. I mean, Aaron likes him, too. I, I, I don't mind him, you know, for five, five million max, right? I mean, there's just – there's a going rate on a player who hasn't been that productive and who's been injured, right? That, that's the crazy – like, there's no way – credit to him. You, I think a couple weeks ago we both were like, it's crazy. He's asking for 20 million, 15 – does this guy even want to play? Maybe he knew. Maybe he knew he'd get it, and he did. So uh, props to him and his team for getting that cash. But the Ravens, man, I – they feel, you know, for a buttoned-up organization, and wouldn't you say, like, in, like, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, 20-plus-year era, 20, now 2023, the Ravens have just been one of the more kind of like the Steelers' light, just very consistent, does good business. They, they feel a little off-kilter right now. And maybe that's, you know, DaCosta. You know, you go from a Hall of Fame, not a Hall of Fame player, a Hall of Fame general manager in Ozzie, there's probably just a drop-off, and it feels like you know part of being a good GM, and I, this is why I gave Gudikins credit a couple of years ago, it's not just the draft. It's about managing personalities, sure. getting deals done. Sure. And, you know, and Gudikins, I, thought, I was impressed when he kind of figured out that Rodgers navigated that situation. I feel like DaCosta, you know, it's a little – it's not all his fault, right? I mean, Harbaugh is a very powerful head coach, but clearly Ozzie could kind of manage that you know, carryover of Harbaugh, the players, and the Ravens feel off right now. Yep, they they absolutely do. Uh, John Middlecoff, never off. Matter of fact, check out his 3 and Out podcast. Of course, also he has the Going Low podcast is, is a golf focus. John, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Later, bro. Have a good day. You too. Coming up on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the Tyrac.com studios. What are the chances Trey Young is trading the offseason? My answer may surprise you. It's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game Time is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. Game time! This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what's the game today? Doug, the game is... What are the chances? All right, what are the chances the Lakers extend the Grizzlies past five games? Mm, 25%. Hmm. 25%. I think it'd be 75%. This is a quick one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Beyond five games, that's gentleman's sweep, right? Yeah. I, I just I don't think the Lakers are particularly good. Uh, I, I think... I think LeBron, the more games played, the more LeBron chose his age. Um, and, you know, it's like, dude, they're starting point guard. They, they don't want to play play down the stretch. D'Angelo Russell does not have a reputation as a winning player. I, I get they have Schroeder, and Schroeder was good. Schroeder was really good last night. I just, it's just an okay roster. Whereas the Grizzlies are legit good. The, the only thing holding the Grizzlies back is going to be, you know, is a fear of the big moment making shots. But... Uh, they're deep. They're energetic. They can play small. They can play big. Um, I, you know, I think it's a. Re- I don't know who matches up particularly well with John Morant in terms of him getting to the rim, and then they space out with shooters. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I don't uh, see it for Lakers. All right, Doug. 
What are the chances that Trey Young is traded this offseason by the Hawks? 90%. 90. 90. 90. Um, I thought it was dirty that that story gets out. And I know that it had been talked about in early March, but the fact that it kind of gets out the day before the playoffs are coming out. But there's a reason those stories get out. You know, that sure. you have a new GM and a new coach that didn't draft Trey Young. Now, he might be the most popular athlete in all of Atlanta. But at some point, it's like, we're not winning. What are we doing here? So, um, yeah, I... He's also the most valuable asset, but they they went out and they went and traded for another point guard, you know, who plays with him. I, I think Trey Young's going to get moved. Doug, what are the chances that Kyrie Irving is back as a Mav? I think very good. I All do. Right. You know, I, I think if you if you listen to Nico Harrison, he just basically said, "Hey, those two that works. It's we got to figure out everything else." And I would agree. I, I think the big thing is, for how long? You know, you're going to have to give him a lot of money for two years. For how long? I think if you do that, I, you, you bring him back, and then you got to rebuild that roster around them. All right, moving off of the NBA and onto the NFL, what are the chances that Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up a New York Jet? Uh, 5%. All right. 5%. I mean, something would have to go dramatically wrong in the days leading up to the draft. I think this is all just... Deadlines bring deals. The deadline is the draft. It'll get done right before the draft. Joining Portland and Nashville, uh, a group in Salt Lake City is being put together to try to get an expansion team from Major League or for Major League Baseball. Doug, what are the chances that Salt Lake City gets a Major League Baseball franchise in the future? Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Um. Obviously, it's an incredible sports area. Like, state of Utah, unbelievable high school sports, unbelievable college sports, and their passion for the Utah Jazz, remarkable. Uh, I think baseball is going to expand, not just move the Oakland A's and maybe Tampa, but they're going to expand. I just don't think it's number one or two or even three on the list. As you point out, Vegas is probably number one, Nashville number two, Portland number three, and then, then then you got Salt Lake. And that is game time. All right, coming up next, live from the Tyrac.com studios. Last night, a couple clutch shots hit in L.A. But what are the most clutch shots we remember? That's next. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.